Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Welcome back to another episode of One True Pod, the Athletics Big Eight Podcast. I'm joined by <laughs> our tech expert, Sam Khan Jr., and our Oklahoma expert, Jason Kersey. Um, last time we taped one of these, I think we were all pretty delirious. Uh, I mean, coherent, but delirious uh, and exhausted from the bomb that had just dropped in our lives. Uh, fellas, how are we doing this morning? I'm doing okay. I am uh, looking forward to the day that I do not have to eat a meal at my desk. Uh, but yeah. otherwise, I'm doing well. Yeah, yeah it was a late it was a late night last night working on some stories and stuff. But I'm I'm feeling good. And uh, we just had some breaking news. Uh, Our right inbox is just filled up right before we started taping this. Um, the fine folks at Texas and Oklahoma have decided to apply for sec membership i don't know we'll see how that goes uh, <laughs> oh by the way that- by the way greg sakey said that we have not proactively sought new members yeah maybe they're not even looking for any right now i guess we'll find <laughs> out um greg uh, sakey has 50- acknowledged the receipt of this um i'd say it's 50 50 on if they accept them or not don't you I mean, they got to get the votes you know we'll see <laughs> gotta get the votes um also uh Guys, update update us real quick on where we're at with the uh, the regents uh, at these schools because, look, I think if they're going to go to the SEC, it's it's probably time for these regents to start talking about you know how they feel about all this. When when you yeah. have board of regents meetings scheduled, you know it's officially realignment season. So and and OU and Texas both this morning, right before sending out that release, announced that they will both have board of regents meetings on Friday. So. Okay. Uh, this is all. This is all happening. I mean, this this all has gone a lot further than the Pac-16 stuff ever did. <laughs> yeah, <it's> true. <laughs> like I don't think true, there's any going yeah. back now. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I'm sure that the rest of the folks in the Big Twelve uh, will not care for this comment, but I guess you do have to acknowledge, like, first of all, 
I mean, Texas and Oklahoma have played this pretty perfectly, right? I mean, other than this getting out last week um, and and causing a firestorm, obviously, and 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 forcing them to have to, you know, get on the line with the the Big Twelve over the weekend and uh, hear them out or whatever. Um, I, I, it's been man since since word got out, this has been seemingly an incredibly smooth process. Now, of course, these guys have gone into hiding and have not said a word this whole time. Um, maybe behind the scenes, it's been a little more chaotic, but it hasn't, it certainly seemed like smooth sailing ever since, uh, you know, the world became aware of this finally. Yeah. I mean, it, it really has. I, I, I think they've played this perfectly. Uh, they, they were able to negotiate or talk or through back channels or whatever it was they were doing for months without anybody catching, a catching any wind of this and Mm -hmm. that's incredibly impressive (laughs) that that they were able to keep it a secret this long until of course until uh our friends in college station found out (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I will say that that something of this magnitude not getting out it's impressive and we had this earlier this year with the college football playoff expansion uh announcement that 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 had been going on behind the scenes uh in recent years without anybody knowing so i think you got to give it up to the people involved to, to be able to kind of keep this tight lip because had this leaked out uh much sooner it certainly jeopardizes the chances of it happening so the fact that it leaked and, and now it's going to be wrapped up possibly nine days after it leaks is a rather impressive display of restraint it, it's interesting because there's there's that moment over the weekend where the big 12 announced that um you know, the, the presidents of, of UT in Oklahoma, you know, got on a meeting with the, uh, you know, basically the Big 12, the, the leadership of their board and for a conversation about, you know, essentially, all right, what do you want? What do we got to do for you to keep you here? And um, that conversation should have happened many, many months ago. Obviously, this thing was done. Before, but by the time that conversation even and that's how Texas and Oklahoma wanted it right I mean there's no there is no negotiating on well actually let's make our situation in the big 12 even sweeter there's there's no point I mean they there was no point in engaging the conference and saying if you could make some of these changes we'd be happier here this was just about going to the SEC and and not about it to them I I, I assume it's it's there's no point in even having that conversation when you're ready to make that uh, a move that bold Sam I think another thing that changed over the weekend it seemed like a change in tune from AM too. Yeah, definitely. They're standing down and they're they're shifting their messaging from we oppose this to bring it on. Uh, we, you guys are following us now. Of course you would want in the SEC. And we're ready to take you on on the field. Which, And I can understand their ex- exasperation initially because they yeah. left the Big 12 to get away from Texas. They left the Big 12 to get out of a conference in which Texas held some influence and power and, and also to establish a standalone identity uh, away from them. And they've done that over the last 10 years. And I think there is reason for them to be eager because this football program and this athletic department is in a much better spot right now than it was when it left the big 12. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think uh, it makes sense. I think for Ross Bjork and, and leadership there, eventually when you figure out, you're not changing the seat. You're not stopping this train. You may as well just say, all right, fine. Then they can come over and, you know, we'll kick their ass. That's what you kind of have to start telling yourself, right. As opposed to, you know, dwelling on how the sec wronged you. It's not like you're going to leave. Right. Right. There are no better options uh, at this point. You're not going to go. The only other conference that is in this stratosphere in finances is the big 10. You're not going there. 
So there's no better options. So ultimately, and that's the interesting thing is, so we've known that they're the one, at least one of the schools opposed to this. I promise you when the announcement of the vote happens, it's going to be unanimous. Yeah, I'm sure you're probably <laughs> right. A um, lot to unpack with this whole deal. Um, I, I, where should we start? I mean, should we start with, um, should we start with the rest of the big 12? I mean, I, I guess that's sort of the next step here as as texas and oklahoma speed toward their new home um you're you're starting to see a real recognition i think among big 12 presidents and ad's of uh we we gotta we gotta respond to this we gotta do something um now where 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 do you think like so jason why don't we why don't we start with the response from oklahoma state yesterday obviously uh obviously some 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 pretty pointed backlash there uh, from their new uh, president, uh, Dr. Casey Shrum. W- what did you think of uh, just the, you know, I think there's probably has long been an assumption that, that, that Oklahoma and Oklahoma State were tethered together. Clearly not the case. What did you think of that uh, response from, from OK State over this last week? It's just, you know, this is all completely different than it was a decade ago when, uh, you know, David Boren, the then OU president, insisted on OU and Oklahoma State remaining together, and that's why they were going to take them with them. And uh, there's a new president at OU, there's a new president at Oklahoma State, and um, there's a new athletic director at Oklahoma State, and, and this time it's just different. And uh, they're going to go along with Texas, and and I think Oklahoma State is is rightfully disappointed and rightfully upset about this. I mean, uh, whether you know, I know that Oklahoma State fans may not necessarily want to hear this, but it's the truth. And I think everybody probably knows it. Oklahoma State is, needs OU and, and they've needed OU for a while. Being part of the same conference with them is important. It's important for their home schedule, for their ticket sales, for um, for everything um, mm-hmm. to being tethered to OU. And the fact they're not going to be anymore. I think they're upset. I think their feelings are hurt. I think they feel like the two universities worked really well together in all these other ways. And um, knowing that OU has been doing this kind of behind their back for all these months, I think was really upsetting to them um, because rivalry aside, it's the truth. The administrations at Oklahoma and Oklahoma state, have been pretty collegial and gotten along pretty well. And, and, and I think this, and I imagine it's the same way in, in Texas with Texas tech, with Baylor, with TCU. I mean, Chris Del Connie was the, it was the AD at TCU. I mean, th- th- these, these things are all, uh, are really complicated. And I think there's going to be a lot of hurt feelings and, and it's too bad. It, it really is too bad. But at the end of the day, I, I also understand on the other side, Oklahoma and Texas, these are the presidents and ads of Oklahoma and Texas. They've got to do the best thing for them, mm-hmm. but it's uh, but th- they've hurt a lot of feelings on the way out the door. Clearly, yeah, no, no, no question. I, I think the the thing yesterday that you're getting from a lot of folks is just uh, you know once the Big Twelve or once once Texas and Oklahoma made it official that they are not returning to the Big Twelve um, and that uh, they are not staying past the grant of rights in 2025. Obviously, they're going to enter into uh, divorce negotiations now, and, and we'll see, you know, on the Big 12 side, there's still some some belief um, that uh, Oklahoma and Texas uh, are not leaving until the summer of 2023. We'll, we will see if Texas and OU can find some way to pay or negotiate that down to 2022. Uh, but certainly there's going to be uh, a lot of hurt feelings and, and bitterness, and it's going to be a weird fall for sure. As far as the other eight, um, 
I, I think that you're in a really, really difficult position. I think that's the feedback that I've gathered from folks inside and outside the big 12 over, over the past few days. It, you know, I think there is a, probably right now there exists a, a skepticism in the big 10 and the PAC 12 about the value that these remaining eight schools would bring. And a lot of that for them in those leagues is, is academically um, and, and just their perception of the prestige level or whatever of what they need. I think that, um, you know, there, we, we've written and talked about West Virginia potentially going to the ACC. If they can make it work, they've been turned down before. Um, but if, if the ACC reciprocates that interest, I imagine they would try to do that. I think uh, right now, though, um, these schools are all tied together with the grant of rights through 2025. And as we know, it's going to be extremely expensive to break, to break that. Um, especially because any additional losses really does jeopardize the future of the big 12. So what do you guys make up? Like the the thing I wrote about yesterday that is, is, you know, really hard to predict is can these big 12 schools that are left, can they work together? Can they trust each other? Can they put some options on the table where the eight of them stay together? Uh, Or are they all, is that all lip service in meetings and then you go off and say, every man for himself, we got to do what we got to do. What do you think, Sam? Right now, I think it's the latter. I think everybody is collegial and everybody's gaming their options right now. What can yeah. we do? Because right now, for those eight schools, I think you turned them the irate eight in your story today. Uh, I think Which was the, great, by the way. I loved it. The, the, the impetus is how do we mitigate the loss of the media rights revenue? Mm-hmm. Because right now you're getting in the mid 30 millions from the big 12, the conference staying together as it, as it is constituted and expanding with a few members of the American or a BYU or Boise state does not keep you in that tax bracket. It's going to no. probably cut you in half. And yeah. so that is a de- I want to just take a moment to emphasize that that is going to be a devastating drop in revenue for these athletic departments it's gonna it's gonna have some real life consequences yeah for the and people we, we saw it last fall with people needing to furlough cut back layoffs when in in terms of dealing with a potential with a very real budget crisis obviously with covid this is this is long term this is not just a right. one-year haircut right and so and so that's one thing i want as as we discuss the the entertaining factor of all this is the one thing is to remember is there's real consequences in this for those athletic departments and now whether the athletic department should be having budgets that large is a whole nother conversation we'll say for another time but it's going to but be hey, so, so, and, and how about number of sports they're sponsoring too like these are the too. kind of things that yeah that certainly are going to as we saw last year with other schools reckoning with this yeah um we're, we're talking about real transformative change in a negative way right and so so that's why the impetus on all those schools is hey find a soft landing spot whether it's the Pac-12, if you're West Virginia, if the ACC, if it's some of these other Big 12 schools, it's the Pac-12, wherever it is, they can keep you in that tax bracket. If you can't do that, and, and I think it's unlikely that a lot of these schools do find one of those homes because the those conferences only, I think, admit new members if those new members raise the value and the money for everyone else, like Texas and Oklahoma will do for the SEC. And I don't think there's very many members in, in the conference that will do that for other leagues. And so the other option is you stay together and you expand. And I don't think that's a bad option. It's certainly not financially ideal, but 
once you get past that initial shock and once you're able to adjust to it, I think the idea of adding some of these schools, whether it's Houston, SMU, Cincinnati, UCF, or some of the, like we mentioned, Boise State, BYU, and putting together, I think, an interesting competitive league that would be really good in basketball, would still be pretty solid in quality in football. I think it's not a bad option, but it's just going to be financially devastating. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's a huge part of the of the conversation. What comes next here um, is look for from my understanding, and we'll we'll see um, you know how real this gets. But the day that Oklahoma and Texas are no longer in the Big Twelve, whether that's twenty twenty three or twenty two, twenty four, twenty five, whatever, um, contractually, you know, Fox and ESPN can come to them and say, "Look, we're not paying hundred percent for for a lesser product now." Now, the very generous thing they could do is say, we'll pay 80%. But I think we know that, uh, you know, and, and, and uh, Stu had a great piece this morning on The Athletic. The value, the broadcast value of, of Oklahoma, Texas is, is more than 50%, I think, for this conference. And you could argue it's closer to 70%. So um, how, how significant is that uh, problem? And, and when does that hit, you know, uh, that, that's certainly a, a huge part, I think of the negotiations here and when you let them leave, uh, is, is you're in, you know, you're in real trouble the day that they walk out the door. Um, I, I think, and I'm curious your, your, your sense on this, Jason, but I still feel like these eight have more value collectively than they do individually, you know, I, and I think that's going to be, and, and part of that is where we're at overall in college athletics, where, the value proposition for a power five league is you have to tell yourself basically, okay, does this bringing in this one school, is it worth uh, the full share they would get and all the money that it would take to make everybody else whole? It's a massive number to convince yourself that one of these schools uh, is, is going to bring significant value to your league. So do, do you think Jason, like, I know this is a crazy time, and everyone has to do their due diligence and, and find out what they have out there. But I mean, do you, isn't it hard to see a bunch of fits that make a lot of sense for these, these little one or two, you know, combos of schools uh, versus the, just the eight of them trying to figure something out together. I've really thought a lot about this over the last couple of days. And, and I don't know, I don't know what the answer is because you know, if you're, if you're West Virginia, what's better for you to, to remain part of this league or to get into the ACC? I, you know, I, 
I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's probably better for them to get into the ACC, but, but, um, but then I, I don't know. I, I feel like they've got sort of the most, if the ACC will take them, they've got the most obvious place to go is what they it do. seems like to me. Yeah. Um, and by the way, the uh, statement that West Virginia released was that yesterday that was mm-hmm. basically just a dear ACC. We love you so much. Please take us. Right. Um, I, it seems like that would be a really good move for them. The rest of the schools, I'm not as sure about. I mean, does Oklahoma State and Texas Tech, does that, no disrespect to those schools, but I mean, does that add value to the to the Pac-12? Kansas has basketball. That's that's certainly um, important and valuable, and, and they have that to offer. Um, what about Iowa State? I mean, Iowa State's been really good in football the last couple of years, right. but are they valuable also enough to go to the school? big t- but would Iowa ever let them into their league? You know, I was not looking to lend them a helping hand. Yeah, exactly. And so it's just, it's just complicated. I don't know how they're going to navigate all this. I did like Jamie Pollard's video yesterday, essentially saying, ah, relax, relax. We got four years to figure this out. I'm like, do you though? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, I think part of that is just trying to, to calm the fan base who, uh, you know, I've heard from ADs who are like, I'm getting emails from people saying you're not doing enough. Right. And it's like, what can you do? It's been one week. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're not getting acceptance into a power five league in a matter of 48 hours here. This is going to be a long, a long, slow deal um, because each of those leagues uh, that we're talking about has new commissioners. Um, I'm sure they are trying to get a feel for what they can and can't do and what the appetite is of their presidents. I think they're going to have to do a lot of research, I would ma- imagine, to actually determine, um, you know, <laughs> and, and, and probably lean on all the high-paid consultants out there to tell them, hey, does this actually bring value to our league? What is the long-term impact? Um, I do wonder if... Sam, do you think that these leagues, and it's not going to happen this week or this month, but over the next few years, as they think about their next deals... I do wonder, are some of them, or at least one of them, going to say the SEC is too damn powerful and we've got to do something bold just to try and keep up? Otherwise, they're going to run this whole – I mean, especially with the state of the NCAA right now, they're going to run the whole world here. I mean, don't you think – do you feel like that somebody is going to step in and say – we got to do something crazy here just to try and keep up, not even just to get to 16, but just to have – the kind of influence that the sec has. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but I do think that is going to be a motivating factor for a conference commission or a conference because the sec and the big 10 are right now the best in class and finances and the sec by making this move is clearly setting itself apart Running away from, from everyone else. Yeah. And there are a few steps ahead of everybody else right now. And I think that's the fear for those other conferences, those other power conferences. I mean, not to say anything of the group of five conferences, which now there's going to be a permanent line to where the hope for any of those schools to get into one of those power conferences seems to be slim to none after this. Mm -hmm. But for the other power conferences, yeah, if you're the Pac-12, you're the next most vulnerable league uh, of of the power four, so to speak now. Right. You, you, you know, they've got a new commissioner. Yeah, you want you want to have something. You don't want to be hasty about it. You you want to be smart. You want to be calculated because these are decisions that have long term consequences. 
but yeah, you, you want to do something to counteract this punch to a certain extent and keep it up. I just don't know what those options are. I'm not smart enough to know that. And also when you, we talk about adding members, I think the pickings are starting to get slim of who you can add to a league that adds significant value. Yeah, I don't think, and, and certainly we'll see, uh, you know, do we move forward with the 12 team playoff plan or does that get put on hold a little bit at all? But I certainly don't think Notre Dame's in a position where they have to go to the ACC or do anything because they're set up pretty nice in that, in that format. Um, and, and they can sit back on all this. I, I do, you know, I get a lot of questions from people saying like, well, what's, what's going to happen? What's about to happen? And I, I do think that, um, well, I don't know. I, I, I'm with you, Jason. I don't know that, that Pollard's right that, oh, we can, we can, we got four years, right? I've, I've heard that message a lot from folks that, Hey, we can fix these problems before 2025. Um, well, I'm not sure that that's quite right. I do think that people need to understand, like if we say the Big Ten isn't looking to take Kansas and Iowa State right now, for example, I still think this is a pretty fluid deal. I, I, I still feel like there is going to be some second thoughts on this, even if the initial, you know, even if the initially the Pac-12 or Big Ten, some of these leagues say, eh, this this doesn't, what does that do for us? I, I, there, I think there is, this is going to be a long, long time. This, this is going to be a long uh, period here where these conferences do have to reckon with what is the future, what not just with the next deal, but um, you know, what do we do? We have to add more just to pr- position ourselves in, in a better way here. Um, on the other side of that, I, I wonder, you know, the Big 12, the, the thing that these schools need to cling to right now, uh, in addition to the revenue, is you know, power five autonomy five status and. Um, I'm curious what you guys think and how that fits in all this, because to me, you know, the Big 12 doesn't lose that overnight the day that Oklahoma and Texas leave. That's a that's a NCAA legislative process. It, you know, no one just snaps their fingers and takes that away from you. But I do wonder, you know, should the Big 12 get moving on expansion now under the thinking of, you know, we've got to strengthen our league. We've got to give these new schools a chance to catch up and, you know, it's if we don't fight to hold on to that and 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 become you know uh, find a new way to be legitimate after Texas and Oklahoma, then then you turn into the AAC or the Mountain West or your schools have to go to those leagues. Yeah, I I do sort of wonder how the new playoff format will factor into that because you know there's no I guess uh, distinction now between the two, right? I mean, it's just the, whatever top conference champions get in. Now I know there are a million other benefits to being an autonomous conference. I just wonder if that takes, if that changes the calculation a little bit, the fact that now you can be the fourth highest ranked or fifth highest ranked conference champion and get in regardless of whether you're autonomous or not. It's, it's true. That future big 12, if they can hold it together, would be able to put their conference champ in a playoff. And that, that would be some way to one way to sort of uh, regain a little bit of respect. And that's one thing I'll interject there. I hope that we keep the current playoff proposal as it's structured right now, even if this happens, because I think it's the, the answer. Yes. The sec is going to put a bunch of teams in as a result of this, but I still think the, six guaranteed conference champions, especially in this instance now where the Big 12 is going to lose two of its 10 polls, I think is still good for the sport long-term because it, it it still includes those schools who are not part of the SEC, who are not part of the Big 10, who are not part of the ACC. So I hope 
like hell that we end up we we stick with the proposal we have and that this is not adjusted. But I'm I'm not certain that that's going to be the case. Well, I feel like we've been talking very seriously about all this stuff. Why don't we have a little bit of fun with it? What What do you guys think? You know, we wrote this morning about like I wrote about the the idea of can you get a Pac-20 together? Right? Is is that one way? for the big 12 schools to stick together. Now, now does West Virginia want to be in a pack 20? I have no idea. <laughs> um, but is that a way to, you know, their, their new commissioner, bit of a wild card, you know, it can, can he look at this landscape being new to all this and say, Hey, look, our brand, our rep is not in a great place. Hasn't been for the last five years. Why don't we go do something big here and put ourselves in a position where we're looked at on, you know, it talked about the way that people talk about the big 10 or, or maybe even the sec. I, I think that idea would be fun, but you, you guys tell me what you think would be some good, good uh, destinations for these big 12 schools. If, if it, if it actually came to that. Sam, I, you want to go first? Yeah. yeah. I, the pac 20 just seems a lot. That seems a lot to digest for me, especially for West Virginia. Could you imagine flying from Southern California to Morgantown, West Virginia. No, oh yeah, there's that too. You go for go from Morgantown, West Virginia to Pullman. Like those are some, those are some wild trips. But uh, hey, uh, can, can you imagine uh, USC fans in uh, in West Virginia doing John Denver after the game, take yeah. me home, country roads? I mean, everybody should experience that once. But uh, it's it's going to be fascinating. I don't, I don't, I don't know what the answer is for that, but. I, like I said, it's worth trying if I think if it, and the Pac-12 commissioner, by the way, uh, as our Christian Capel just posted, says every football decision going forward will be to optimize the number of playoff teams from the Pac-12. So, Ooh. so that's so you talk about wild card. So okay. does this in, in, increase your chance to get the playoff? Maybe in Oklahoma State? Uh, I think as as I wrote about a while back over the last decade, uh, you know, K-State would have gotten into that playoff, I think, three times, I want to say. Um, you know, Oklahoma State would have gotten in. I, I think there's – yeah, there. <laughs> maybe, you know, you can make it – I think Iowa State would have gotten in last year, right? Um, mm-hmm. Maybe yep. there's a little bit of a sell there. Yeah. So, uh, that those are those are interesting things to consider. But uh, i tell you what. I'll tell you one school that I think would be a lot of fun in the Pac-12 if it could get in is Texas Tech. Yeah. I think Texas Tech and the Pac-12 – just based on the way they've played football over the last you know, 20 years and this, you know, the, the culture and the the atmosphere at Jones Stadium and all that stuff. Like, I think it'd be, they'd be a lot of fun. And they're honestly, they're so far West Texas as it is. I mean, they're kind of sort of going that direction anyway. Yeah. You know, I live mm-hmm. in Houston and I'm eight hours from Lubbock. I have to yeah. I have to get on a plane to get there. Yeah. So they, they, they would actually, I feel like, make some sense in, in the Pac-12. Yeah, yeah they've, you they've put- played Arizona, Arizona State the last few years, right? It's been some fun yeah. games. Yeah. That's yeah. that that's what I was just about to say. Put them in a pod with Arizona and Arizona State. That makes complete sense. Well, I think that's I and mean, I think that's how you do it. Right? I think you'd you'd have to sort of draw some lines of okay, look, we're not gonna make everybody travel all over the place all you know, um, every week in this conference. There would still be kind of an east west split to that, I would imagine. And that's why you've also heard people talk about can there be some sort of at the minimum like a scheduling alliance or something like that. But I mean, the Pac-20 thing, I, I think it would be wild to see. But if you're trying to maximize the revenue, like, is that is that one of the ways? Like, is that something that the TV folks respond to? And no, you're not back at 35 to 40 mil. 
a year, but maybe that's something that gets you a little bit closer to it. I'm sort of curious about how this is going to, you know, in a, in a pack 20 or even in a 16 team sec. I mean, the, the travel for non-football sports is going to be real interesting to watch because, you know, I remember that was a thing Dana Holgerson, I think used to say about West Virginia. It's like, for us, it's not a big deal. We get on a plane and it's no big deal, but yeah, for they the other for private jets, no big deal. Right. Yeah. But like if you're Texas Tech or Oklahoma State and you have to, you know, play at Washington, at Washington State, at USC, at Stanford, I mean, that stuff could get really expensive. I, I'm, I'm sort of curious how yeah. you even factor all the, that the, in. The thing about that is in any other year, if you're approached by that idea, you'd say, yeah, our members don't love that. But, you know, beggars can't be choosers right now. That's true. If you get an option on, on the table right now, you're going to say, we got to consider this. Maybe we're getting a lifeline right here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was also just sort of thinking that, you know, I know you mentioned the AAU thing earlier. Does that matter that much anymore? Should that matter anymore? Like in the new world order of college athletics, I'm sort of wondering if that should even matter. If it, I, I, you're, it's a good question. I, I feel like that and geography, I feel like they, they drove decision-making a little bit more a decade ago. I don't know that they should now. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, I, I, I mean, this is all about money. That's the bottom line. It, it's dollar, what, dollar bills, y'all. That's right. That's right. That's 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 what it is. And like I said, that's what makes these unions possible. And I think that's what's kind of made a detriment to the sport. And and it's unfortunate. But uh, I wish the leagues were more geographically aligned. Uh, you know, back to what we were like twenty five years ago. You know, when we had a Southwest Conference, so to speak. Uh, I, I, I like even West Virginia and the Big Twelve has been a weird fit just geographically. Mm-hmm. Uh, you sure. know, it, it's been it's been a little bit of a challenge, and I know it's always a tough trip. Uh, they would be so much of a better fit in the ACC, but yeah, I, I, I mean, we know what this is all about, and it's all about money at the end of the day, and that's what drives it: money and power. And so that's where we are. But I, I, I do pine for the days that we had more geographically appropriate conferences that with regional rivalries. I miss a. Southwest Conference back in the day, every yes, everybody was cheating and everybody was fighting, cheating and fighting. Yep. That's right, but but it was all, but you were all in the same backyard and everybody was fighting for the same territory and, and there was there was a little bit of an understanding and a camaraderie and they were cheating because everybody else was cheating. So you know, I mean, it sure, was and the, sure. that partly led to the, the league's downfall. But honestly, the league's downfall came again because of money, because the lost odds and Donnie Duncan said, you know what, we're not getting enough TV money out of this. We've got to get out of this footprint and expand. And that's how we started on the uh, domino effect that we lead to now, which we're had Texas and Oklahoma are making those same decisions today. I, you know, that this is a nice smooth transition. Then I was going to give you an opportunity, Sam, if you wanted to make your sex 60 second pitch <laughs> on why the university of Houston should, uh, should come take over the big 12. Oh man, they don't want University of Houston in there. As of course, is full disclosure, everybody knows I'm a University of Houston alumnus. Yeah, um, they they this, they had a very difficult relationship with Southwest Conference because as soon as they got in, they started succeeding right away, and not everybody in the Southwest Conference liked that. Yeah, and so uh, it's always spoiler been... alert that would happen in the future here. Absolutely, if, if I mean Houston got into the Big Twelve. I, I, to me, I think that's a reason why they're not in the Big 12 is because people do know, and TCU is a, is a, a fantastic example of it. They would, they would get rolling. And that would, you know, you would say in the past, you'd say, okay, that hurts 
that hurts Texas, that hurts the other Texas schools. Uh, is there, you know, Texas, what are your alternatives? Here, who can oppose this now? That's right. And, and, and so University of Houston has never lacked for want to when it comes to football and athletics in general, but definitely football. Uh, I mean, this is why Tillman Fertitta is, is the benefactor for all the major athletics there. Mm-hmm. It is, he wants them in. That's, he was very heavily involved in that process in 2016 when they, uh, when they presented before the Big 12 for the expansion. Uh, we've seen Houston rise up at times, you know, under Kevin Sumlin, under Tom Herman, under Art Browse back in that time. Mm-hmm. They've had some significant success on the football field. Uh, they've their facility is really good. Their indoor facility, one of the best out yeah. there. I mean, For, if you've walked through it, impressive. it's impressive. So they've been shown willing to invest. And I, I think there is a case, and we've discussed this, you know, privately, a Southwest Conference 2.0 or a Southwest Conference light of the Big 12 stays together, throw in four American schools, Cincinnati, UCF, but more importantly, Houston and SMU, and have five old big Southwest Conference members. Baylor, Texas Tech, TCU, Houston, SMU together. And with SMU on its rise right now under Sonny Dykes, they have been a big-time factor in the state. They're beating Big 12 schools for four-star recruits right now. Uh, Houston obviously has shown the ability to do that. I think that if you're not going to make the same money that you were before, why not make it fun for your fans? And you, you have a conference in a division where everybody could drive. You can drive from Waco to Houston or Waco to Dallas. Uh, you could drive from Fort Worth to Waco or Fort Worth to Houston. Those things would be a lot of fun. I think it would bring back a little bit of what we're missing in this whole thing is the regional camaraderie that comes with college football. I, I, Sam, I, I have to say, I see a Big 12 slogan if they do that, if they add that. The, we can drive everywhere. I can see that being like a, a marketing campaign for the Big 12. Couldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, hey, go eat. <laughs> I mean, even Oklahoma State's driving one. Guess what? Bucky's is right in between all these schools. So you've mm-hmm. got you've got the Bucky's stops that you can you can sell all the Bucky's merch. Factor, important to me for sure. That's right. So I I just went to a Bucky's for the first time in my life earlier this month. What'd you think? I'd never been before. I was in love. I went back when I went down there again <laughs> for Big Twelve Media Days. I stopped on my way down. It's pretty unbelievable. Absolutely. Unbelievable. <laughs> As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Um, I, 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 so some of the conversations I had over the weekend I thought were illuminating on this. 
I think that there is, and we saw this in 2016, um, that anyone would tell you that process went from pretty interesting to, you know, as, as Tillman Fertitta called it, a sham in the end, right? That there, there was not actually a real appetite for expansion. I think that the presidents in this, this conference need to have a little bit of a reality check here that um, they are not, you like, you cannot thumb your nose at these AAC folks at this point with what you got left in the big 12. Okay. The big 12 schools that remain profile in a lot of ways, pretty similarly to some of these AAC schools. And I think it's probably, I think there's probably a misconception. Look, there's nobody out there that is going to provide the value of Texas and Oklahoma bottom line. No one's going to do it. You can't. So you can't look at these AAC schools and say, well, that doesn't get you back to Texas and Oklahoma. Of course it doesn't. Nobody will. Okay. But if you, if that's all you're looking for is just to get back to what Texas and Oklahoma give you, then I guess you're going to be chasing, you know, power five folks for years. It's not going to happen. Um, I think a, a UCF and a Houston instantly give value to the big 12. And I think within 10 years, those kind of programs will be really successful. They may be some of the most successful programs in the Big 12 if you give them that chance. And you look at it right now. I looked at the last five years of recruiting rankings. Cincinnati's already recruiting at the same level as Iowa State in a G5 league. UCF's already recruiting at the same level of, of a Texas Tech in, in the eyes of 24-7. I think we know they're recruiting even a little bit better than that. Uh, and they're in it with G5 resources. Okay. And now they've got an SEC head coach in, in Gus Malzahn. Um, I think these schools, and we've, we're seeing it right now with SMU too. They're, they're showing like they are changing their ceiling in terms of the perception uh, among recruits right now too. Um, I, I, I think they would kill it if they're given that opportunity, if they're given the schedule and they're given the resources and the full shares and all that of a big 12 school, I think they're going to figure it out and be successful. And so um I think, I guess that's my long-winded rant of saying, like, I think that if if these guys can get their act together and work together, like, I I don't agree that expansion does nothing for you. Yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I think I think there is potential there. Are you going to recoup the revenue that you had before? No, there's no, no possible no. way. The only way you do that is if you get into another league. And I think that brings about a whole another boat of issues of just fit and travel and things that we've already discussed, but I don't think it's a bad option. But again, I understand why they're trying the option is because of the financial devastation that it's going to bring. So that, so that's not to be overlooked, but I think you're right. I think a Houston an SMU, a Cincinnati, a, a UCF Memphis, I could, mean, Memphis, Boise, the, BYU, they could really be strong factors in a revised big 12. I really do think that. And, and I think that would lift the other programs too. I think, uh, you know, let, let's not act like Texas has been lighting the world on fire. Oklahoma is right. the, really the only one that you're losing here. That's been a dominant force. Texas has not been a force for a decade, you know? So, so it's not like you're losing a lot from a football standpoint there. You are it's, losing. It's funny. Your power. I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't thought about that, but do you, do you guys feel like Oklahoma winning six in a row? has contributed to this idea that like if, if, it, if that hadn't been the case, if there, if it had been, you know, if you have four different champions in the big 12 over the last six years, do you think there's just a totally different perception of how competitive these remaining eight are? 
Yes. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I, I, I think it would be, I think you, the perception of the league would be different also. And Jason, you and I touched on this in our story on Monday, the lack of success at the college football playoff highest level has mattered a lot in this too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the one true champion, no playoff victories in the college football playoff era. I, Jason, you, you know this a little bit more than I do because you've covered this team in the playoff, but I think that has sullied the league's reputation as well. No question about it. It, it absolutely has. And I, I was honestly, I've, I've wondered after OU got beat the way they did in the Peach Bowl the last time they were in the it's playoff. Awesome. I mean, I, yeah, against LSU, I really wondered, like, okay, after three straight years of this, well, the Georgia game was close, but after Georgia the game uh, was 50 50, they, they were impressive that day. Yeah. 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 But I mean, after the, you know, they get down 28 nothing early to Alabama in 2018 Orange Bowl, they, they get blown out by LSU. I sort of wondered, like, is the committee on some level, even subconsciously, if it's close between them and Oregon or something next time, is it, are they going to th- remember this? Maybe. They, they might. And I think that's a real, that's a real concern. And Max, to your point about um, if the league had had different champions, if if Baylor wins the big 12 title in 2019, which they went to, Charlie Brewer gets knocked out of that game, right? Certainly could have won that game. And if Iowa state wins it last year, or if Texas driving for the win and if Texas, well, if Texas wins it in 18, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Does that, does that change the respect level? I suppose for these eight, I think it definitely does. I think it definitely and, and does. Money's I mean, money. I'm not talking about the money piece of that, right? But just from a competitive standpoint and a and a respect level that these eight can still be the core of a of a power five league. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, Baylor won the league twice in a row, and it wasn't all that long ago, but it was long enough ago to maybe where it's a little bit in the rearview mirror. If those teams won, though, like if Baylor wins in 2019, they're not getting the playoff. No, and and that's, that's true. That's true. and to and to me that that comes back to the fundamental issue is. Wait, are you sure? Are, are, well, are we I sure about close, that? Wouldn't they be? They would have they been. Had, a, they would have they one loss. Close. Utah lost to Oregon that weekend. Yeah, the night before they lost. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It would have been maybe Georgia would have gotten in as the SEC runner-up. Yeah, yeah, and and, and that well, and right. That, that's right. You're right. Yeah, that would have been the debate that night. Yeah. Yeah, and and that bad. that's that goes back. I think that goes back a little bit to the 2014 debate of TCU with TCU and Baylor were in that mix, and yeah. that that I think is part, and that's unfortunate. Cause I think that's just hey, we know TCU could have beat someone that year if they get in. Yeah. You can say the same for Baylor if they get the right matchup there. You know, but th- that that's part of the thing too. Is it's unfortunate, but those schools that we've mentioned, the brand value, so to speak. I hate to admit it, but it does matter in the playoff suction committee. It does. We've seen it. We've seen it in the way the rankings have fallen out. Look at the way Cincinnati was treated yeah. last year. That's why we got to grow it. And, yeah. and that's why you got to go to 12. And so that's not to say anything bad about Baylor. I think Baylor was as good as anybody that in 19. But I'm just going that based on the history of the selection committee. And I think the way that stuff has trended, and it, maybe the writing was on the wall in 2014 after one true champion. Like, maybe that's what has set us on this path in addition to the lack of draft picks in addition to the other issues the big 12 has had. And I think that, I think that is why the recruiting issues, that's why Texas and Oklahoma are making this move at the end of the day and why we're in this spot. But, but I think those programs, Baylor, TCU, Texas Tech, still have a lot to offer. And like we all said earlier with adding some other programs, I think it actually could have some appeal. 
Well, fellas, where do you think we go from here? Clearly the SEC uh, marriage to Texas and Oklahoma starts Friday. Um, and I think, I think right now, yeah, we're, we're very much in, in this exploratory phase of, uh, you know, these ADs calling around, these presidents calling around, calling their buddies and other leagues and saying, you know, is there room for us? What, what do we got to do? But how do you see, I, I don't know, I guess, how do you, how do you see this playing out here the rest of the week? Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like we're not going to really know. There's so much legal stuff to get through before, yeah. before OU and Texas can actually, before we'll actually know when this move is actually going to happen. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think everybody's just kind of kind of be in a holding pattern the rest of this week, don't you think? I mean, I I don't I, I don't know that we're gonna we're gonna know anything concrete really anytime soon because they've got the lawyers have to do a lot of work here in the next few weeks to sort all these contracts out. Yeah, I think uh, after this week, I think everything's gonna grind to a halt at least for Texas and OU and the SEC. Now, for the other eight, that's going to be the interesting thing. As I'm curious what the timing does on that, because they, it's hard for them if they're going to leave for other conferences. If if they find homes, that's something that can't be done quickly either, because they would have to be on the same hook for grant of rights payouts that Texas and Oklahoma are, and and those schools are not in the position to do that. So, uh, I do think here's what I'll say though. I want to go back to the fun part we talked about. One thing I am excited about is we're getting Texas Tech A&M back. I don't know if it's going to be every year. We'll have to wait and see what the scheduling setup is and the pods and however they do that. But we're getting Texas And can they get back to Thanksgiving? Right, right. Return it right back to how it used to be. Yeah. But let's think about Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving, Texas Tech A&M on Black Friday, Iron Bowl on that Saturday. That sounds like a pretty good setup. That's yeah. beautiful. I love I, it. I love that. Let's love it. And you know what? Why don't we throw Bedlam on back on the last Saturday too? Uh, I don't, I don't, think I don't know anything. if they're still going to play. They don't think they're going to play. But Bedlam's going on hold for a while. Be- Bedlam, Bedlam's not happening. <laughs> I, 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 well, Jason, I is the so. Oklahoma perspective on that of like, why would we need to do that? I mean, does Oklahoma State, I, I, I mean, it's been so one-sided recently. Like, where do you think the appetite is for maintaining Bedlam uh, beyond their exit? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I I think that OU would still do it, but I think that I think Oklahoma State may not. I mean, and and just because of you know this this hurt feelings, the uh, the feeling of betrayal. I mean, I could totally see them saying no. On the other hand, Oklahoma State, you have to remember when when that game is in Stillwater, Oklahoma State forces you to buy season tickets in order to get a ticket to that game. That's how important. Yeah. That game is to Oklahoma yeah. State. So on the other hand, maybe they're going to have to swallow their pride and do it, especially if they don't end up in a Pac-12 or Big Ten or whatever. Yeah, we'll see where the, the feelings are on that. You, you could try and do the whole spin of like, well, we're already locked in the non-conference games. We just can't really make it work, which, as you know, Sam, you've heard that for a decade down in that state, you know. <laughs> Don't get um, me started. <laughs> so, hey, uh, hey, OU's OU's got a lot of non-conference schedules, games against SEC teams scheduled that are going to have to be. I know, so, so they're going to. They'll have room. Here. They'll have yeah, room. Well, it's true. Once, once that, once this officially goes through and it's everything's official and they're officially members of the SEC, I think I'm just going to have a party because we do not have to hear the question anymore. Are you going to play Texas A&M or 
are you going to play Texas? When's it going to happen? What's it going to take to have it happen? That has been one of the most aggravating storylines to follow in the last 10 years because there's been no tangible movement toward it. And it's just a yes. bunch of he said, he said constantly throughout the last decade. And I'm going to celebrate the end they of it more than we do. You know, I know it. it's so dumb. And the fans try to act like they don't care about the other school when they very much care about the other school and they bicker on Twitter and message boards about recruiting. They can at least do that. And now there will be stakes in, involved because they get to play each other on the field. That so, first game is going to be unbelievable. Woo! If OU's off, oh if OU's off that weekend, I'm buying a ticket. To it's going to be straight, <laughs> unfiltered hate. It's like, yeah. can you find a stadium that fits 200,000 people for that <laughs> first one? You know what I mean? Like, Let's go play it at the racetrack. <laughs> I, I think that, um, I, you know, I was going to, so I, I realized as I asked that question of what comes next, like, weirdly, like, we're, the lawyers are going to do their, their part, and we're, we're not going to have an answer real soon, I don't think, about when these schools are leaving for the SEC. Um, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of fishing, like we said, to try and find a home. The grant of rights is going to block you from, from doing that, I think for in, in the short term. So weirdly, we're kind of going to go back into season mode, aren't we? Is, how do you guys feel about like wrapping your head around, okay, back to normal, you know, it's going to be a fun, you know, 2021 big 12 season, lots of different storylines. <laughs> like, doesn't that feel like this whole thing is about to be irrevocably changed, but the 2021 season's just like, all right, let's get back to it. Yeah. Are we going to start asking, you know, Lincoln Riley's opening presser to his fall camp? I mean, it's going to be dominated by that, but we still have to ask about the team, right? We still have to ask about the season and all that. So, yeah, I mean, I think it kind of will in some ways go back to normal, but at the same time, everything will be viewed through the prism of this. Oh, I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, Mike Gunny and Gary Patterson won't, won't step up to the mic and have some things to say, you know, when, <laughs> about this whole deal. <laughs> I, I'm not saying everyone's going to be polite this fall, uh, but yeah, you're right. It, it is going to be, I, it's going to be strange. It's going to be, I, and I think it's going to be, I don't know. Don't you think that makes the games a lot better? I mean, they're just going to be so intense. All these guys, it, it's already a setup where, you know, when you play Oklahoma, when you play Texas, like they know, like you're, like you're giving them your best shot, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to be, I think it's going to be pretty wild this fall for those two teams. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious if we're going to have a, a redo of Nebraska 2010 before they exited the, yeah. the Big 12 and, and some of that type now, of see, stuff. See, but there weren't like brawls every week when that was going on, <laughs> right? Like I feel like this is a little a little more heated like you had the stuff where nebraska plays at a&m and and gets penalized 16 times and bo Pelini says we got jobbed by the refs for leaving mm. and stuff like that like <laughs> there could be some of that stuff that pops up but i don't know i mean I, it's just gonna be and, and it's hard to even think about you know next year if those schools are still in the big 12 um but Oof. this year it's it, I, I just feel like it's gonna feel really unnatural for us to go back to previewing the season here but we kind of are going to have to because none of this stuff is going to happen in like September. I, I thought I thought about that. I think last night because I was talking to a coach in the Big Twelve, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, it's like I'm, I need to come by to training camp or what have you." And uh, it's just weird to me to we're going from this seismic shift to in a couple of weeks. Actually, next week, some schools are opening training camp next week, yeah. and we're going to have to shift to football. And it is it it is going to feel weird. But I think once we get to actual games and once games are kicked off then i think we'll be back in the mode but yes everything will be viewed through this prism and i'm also here 
for Gary Patterson getting off any shots because you know he's going to. No doubt. No doubt. Jason, any parting thoughts? No, man. I think we've I think we've covered this pretty thoroughly. I mean, it's it's going to be a crazy rest of the week. I I uh, I'm very interested to have a chance on Friday at this Board of Regents meeting, hopefully to talk to Joe Castiglione finally and get some uh, get a little bit more of a of an explanation for for all of this uh, yeah. and hear hear his thoughts. I mean, I you know one thing and and you know my I guess the last thing I'd say that I'm thinking about now is you know and and I think I've talked to both of you about this uh, individually, but it's interesting to me that OU, OU is, is kind of a villain now, um, within the big 12 and and it's, and it's not, and it's a position they're not super familiar with. They've dominated the league, but you know, still Joe Castiglione is the most respected AD in the, in the, was the most respected AD (laughs) in the, in, in the conference. Yep. Everybody loved him. He was kind of this elder, elder statesman sort of the senior ad in, sure, in the league sure. uh really around the country and and i'm curious to know how he's sort of reconciling all of this because i know that his reputation is important to him at the same time he does have to do what's best for ou so i'd be interested to hear how he's sort of gra- grappling with all of that no it, it's a great point it's, it's come up a lot in conversations um as we reported last week sam it's the 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 common the common line is, um, you know, I'm pissed at Texas or I'm not surprised Texas would pull this on us, uh, but I'm disappointed in Oklahoma. You heard that from a lot of people last week. A lot of people saying, why, you know, why would they do this? Why would they, you know, why you just wouldn't, you wouldn't think, like you said, Jason, that respect level they've earned over the years. Um, you, you, tra- you trade it all in here to go make this kind of king move and it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be costly in terms of uh, certainly the relations in, in this conference and and just the way people look at uh, you know Lincoln Riley in, in Oklahoma. Period. I would think Sam, you I, I'm, I'm sure Texas is used to that, right? Texas Texas will you know they'll they'll you know bring it on. It'll slide off like Teflon. Like Texas yeah. is used to being the the big bad guy or cast yeah. as the bad guy. I, I don't think it's going to bother them one bit. I think I think to some extent they may embrace it and. Here's the other Although party. funny thing is I feel like Texas is, is taking a lot of the take Texas taking a lot of the shots here over this week when, 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 you know, they're probably the umbrella here a little bit for Oklahoma, Oklahoma deserves them just as much. I was going to say Oklahoma is the equal partner in this. So, yeah. so I, I think, I think it's people bash Texas cause it's easy to bash Texas. And because you know, they're the big, if you're big, OU though, you don't want anyone. I mean, can you, do you really want people saying like Texas dragged us into this? Of course not. Like that's not no. how this went, you know? No, no, but that, look, here's the bottom line. And, and as much as we may not like it or, or don't like the impact of the sport is those two schools did what's best for them. And, and financially, this is a strong move. This is, this is the move because we, when they saw the tepid response from the TV networks on television negotiations five months after the sec gave them gave the sec the espn gave the sec three billion dollars for 10 years that established quickly where the pecking order was and guess what if you're trying to keep up and win national championship with alabama and georgia and all those teams lsu you can't stay behind Yeah. yeah you can't stay behind and so as much as i don't like the move i understand it and i understand why they made the move and here's what i'll leave on is this is something that we haven't talked about at all on this podcast, but it fascinates me. And because I'm a nerd in this way, 
this is going to change the state of Texas and in the SEC state now. Mm -hmm. Like Texas A&M has made it a big SEC, a big presence in this state by moving the last 10 years. Now the two flagship high profile programs are going to be in the conference and Oklahoma, which is the, the school outside of you Texas. Could almost, you could say just as much, if not more so. Yeah. Kids and in now, Texas and want LSU, to go to Oklahoma already, and they definitely want to go to the SEC. And LSU already recruits Texas. And, of course, we know Alabama comes in and gets some of the top kids. This is going to officially now be SEC country when it comes to recruits, period. And it's, maybe, it's going to be fascinating to watch. Maybe, uh, you know, Jerry World can remain Oklahoma's second home. Move, move the SEC title game there. There you hey, go. I, I, I have to say, whenever you said that Texas is used to it, it'll roll off. I'm like Teflon. I was reminded of, I don't know. I, I know Max watched Parks and Rec. Sam, I don't know if you watch Parks I do, and Rec. yeah. It reminds me of Dennis Feinstein. I, I am nourished by your hatred. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so. a good way to end it. There's going to be, oh boy, there's going to be a lot of that this fall. There's going to be a lot of that. Um, fellas, uh, always a pleasure. Uh, thanks for getting together for this. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be weird. I mean, I, there's still, I feel like there's still even more to talk about. We could go another couple hours on this whole deal. Um, so we will, we'll be back to, to get back to this. And, and then at some point we will get back to talking about this season and, um, Iowa state and Oklahoma state and all these teams that, you know, that, that, you know, have a shot to be really good this year and all that. Like, we'll, we'll get back to previewing this big 12 season at some point, but, uh, Oof. Our, we're, we're, we're a little, a little occupied at the moment. <laughs> It'll be all be over soon. I think. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. So I'm excited. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for more updates on this saga and please subscribe to our show. One true pod on Apple or Spotify. Leave us a review and a good rating and find all of our stories on the athletic. If you're not a subscriber to the athletic, you can sign up with our latest promotional offer at theathletic.com slash one true pod. I know we've got a 50% deal going on right now as a site. So, so take advantage of that right now during these crazy times. You're going to get comprehensive coverage of OU Texas, the future of the Big 12 and everything else. So now is, uh, is the perfect time to, uh, to check it out. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening.